back to the Championship Crowd Podcast. I'm Chris Durkin and as usual, joined by Adam Harvey to discuss the Championship. As the last weekend of normal fixtures happened, we're going to be focusing, as you can imagine, on the epic scenes in terms of the relegation battle. Adam, before we come on to that, I think you had a bad morning, but apart from that, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Other than say this morning's been a bit of a stressful and manic morning, but uh, yeah, the weekend was good. Obviously, Norwich lifted the lifted the title, which was, you know, great to see, but disappointing that we couldn't be there to experience it sort of properly. I mean, seeing the players pick up their own own medals and sort of all the social distancing stuff was a bit bizarre. But end of the day, it's it's been a good season, and yeah, enjoyed even the relegation battle at the weekend. I had a close eye on that, and that was a uh, crazy to watch unfold. Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Then going back to the um, yeah the social distancing in terms of the promotion, will they will they still get the pictures? I haven't seen any Norwich celebrations, but yeah, so basically not social distancing. So basically, all the players that were injured or weren't in the match day squad. Some so some some of these players are Skip, Pookie, Gibson, who have all been crucial players because they weren't in the match day squad for the game. They didn't get medals given to them on the actual day of the game. They also couldn't be in the initial celebrations of the trophy lifting because they weren't in the match day squad. It was only when they then moved the barriers to like this kind of massive area that these players could get involved. But luckily, Pookie got given a medal by our backup goalkeeper who's yet to play for us. But Gibson and Skip haven't even received a, a championship winning medal yet. And they both played, what, probably three quarters of the season. Skip nearly every single game, I think, apart from about two. So... Yeah, it was it was bizarre and not not how you really want to see a title win, but it is what it is. I heard um, Skip's only getting a medal if he stays on with Norwich next season. Yeah, I say I would give him I would give him three medals if he's going to stay on loan next season. He's yeah, that's what we need if we're going to survive. So yeah, he's been he's been quality. Well, that is interesting because I think when Man City won the League Cup, everyone's able to celebrate that. So I don't know why the difference because it's in EFL tournament the League Cup, but now called the EFL Cup. But then for the Championship, well, you guys winning the title, you can't all celebrate. That is a weird, weird scenario there. But anyways, it all happened, as you can imagine. It's the Championship. There's never a day in the Championship where something doesn't happen, something crazy doesn't happen. And it goes down to the final day pretty much every season. I remember last year, it was a very positive final day for Swansea in terms of getting into the playoffs. This year, it was all about who was going to get relegated. We've been talking about them for the last few weeks, and it's not like who wants to stay up. It's been all of them want to go down, that none of them want to get a result. The big one, of course, Sheffield Wednesday were away to Derby. But then also Rotherham were playing Cardiff away. And also Wickham, we were talking about, could they put off? The incredible result. It all started early on with an incredible goal from Lewis Wing for Rotherham. What a strike for him, making uh, Rotherham go one and up. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of unexpected it, to be fair. I thought Rotherham would struggle a bit away at Cardiff. And I, I kind of, I think I might have said it might be a nil-nil. It just kind of had a feeling that Rotherham were going to try really hard and maybe sort of Cardiff's sort of stern defence was going to be a bit of a problem. But they needed that absolute one of the best goals of the weekend. It's an absolute screamer into, into the corner there. And it obviously gives Rotherham this massive sort of boost. And, you know, they, they would obviously then be looking at Sheffield Wednesday desperately sort of seeing what their result is at this point. And uh, obviously it wasn't too long after that that 
disappointment would have, or that elation, sorry, would have then turned to disappointment to hear that Derby went ahead as well. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday took the lead in Derby, so then it got even better for them. And I think their chairman, they were constantly saying how oh, their chairman's like looking on his phone and telling them the results. And then Sheffield Wednesday managed to then take the lead, didn't they? Yeah. And then um, at, at the same time of that happening, Robin were having plenty of chances. It wasn't like they scored this goal and now like sitting back, protecting their lead, thinking we need to win this. Let's not do anything silly. But the, what they were doing silly was not scoring their chances up, up front. They had so many chances in that first half. Uh, yeah, as we say, Sheffield Wednesday then took the lead at Derby. Um, thoughts on that? A few scrappy goals for Sheffield Wednesday, really. Yeah, the first one was a little bit controversial. I think they were trying to claim an offside against Hutchinson, who scored. But when you looked at, I think it was during the half time, they kind of looked at the game and, and sort of said, no, he wasn't actually offside. There was more controversy, or controversy, sorry, further on in, in the game. But that actual goal should have stood. Um, obviously, what's also noteworthy at this point was Wickham Wanderers were 2 0 up. Um, so everyone was like, if Wickham can have a, a storm in second half at this point, they only needed, what, 11 goals and a, a Sheffield Wednesday win would have been enough. And then they needed Cardiff to to get an equaliser against Rotherham. So they would have probably still been fancying themselves at what sort of, what time would that have been? Around about sort of quarter past one, one o'clock time on Saturday? Well, yeah, it was incredible. Going into half time, you have Wickham leading and... I think their first goal came out of nowhere, but then since then they've played really well. And against a Neil Warnock side at Middlesbrough, who he's never going to let his team slip. He's never going to let his team not perform going into their last game of the season. So it's going to be a hard game away from home. They're somehow winning 2 0 at half time. Obviously, then to score 11 goals, I don't think anyone actually thought it was ever going to happen because that would just be insane. But you've got to love the desire of Wickham for going for it fighting for it and they're seeing um, the result uh, Sheffield Wednesday were leading at half time 1-0 Rotherham were leading so that point going into the half time Rotherham would be the same team bit of controversy we um, saw Martin Cohn he smashed his head uh, uh, in the first half and then it resulted in the derby kicking off their second half probably a good 10 minutes or so after the other games Always a bit of a dodgy one. You you wonder, like, Rooney maybe thinking back to the amazing Sergio Aguero moment for Manchester City, Man United. Do you think there was some intention of... Obviously, their game was going to be delayed, but it was delayed probably a bit longer than... I mean, it was only had five minutes at a time, but then it, they came out 10 minutes after the others. So, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no, it was strange, wasn't it? I remember sort of... I sort of had a couple of games on it, the Norwich game and the a Derby game on and, Norwich game was sort of, what, about 55 minutes in, and I was thinking, why has this Derby game not come on? I sort of refreshed my stream, and obviously I knew there was the injury time in, in the first half, which was, what, five, six minutes. So I knew it was going to be a little bit delayed, and I was thinking, come on, this game must soon get ahead. And obviously Rotherham was still 1-0 up and 55th minute or something at that point, and it, it all just felt a little bit, little bit strange that maybe something was going on at Pride Park to kind of get this game probably from both clubs' perspectives in some ways, even Sheffield Wednesday, because obviously they were leading at this point 1-0 and they would have obviously been hoping that, you know, that Rotherham would have obviously conceded a goal and that they would then have something to cling on to. But then again, Derby could then apply the pressure. They know that an equaliser would have also kept them up. So, yeah, it was, it was a strange one and see it all played out in its own fashion anyway. But, yeah, strange. Yeah, I... I, I... Obviously, there was five minutes out of dawn. They were always going to be behind. But the extent of time they were behind, I thought, 
was a bit controversial in any means, but I don't know what you can do. I guess you can dish out fines at the end of the day, but it's not going to change who stayed up. We're going to come to that soon. I'm sure everyone knows what happened on the day. But Derby, come out. Rooney's giving them a good team talk. But Waghorn, who smashed his head early on in the half, probably should have went off. Because uh, did you see it? Um, yeah. it, it, was, it looked very bad on the TV cameras. Don't know how, how bad it was. He might have managed to get his head out of the way. But it did seem like it was a massive fall. Um, any other game, I think he's coming off, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think. Obviously, they knew that he's he's one of the men that they're going to turn to for a goal in this game. He's you know got a good record at championship level of scoring goals and you know, no one wants their one of their best forward players to come off in a game of this size. So I do feel like that was probably it's one of them that obviously when the rule changes come in with sort of a concussion and head injuries and stuff, I do feel like that's one that maybe in the future you won't see a player like that stay on the pitch. But obviously in a game like this, Derby could control whether they want to keep him on or not. And if you know they don't feel that he's you know any danger to himself, then there's no reason why they're gonna take him off really. Yeah, and that's where they need an impartial person, an impartial medical staff, really, because you got Waghorn, he's not going to want to come off, is he? He's going to say to them, oh, well, I need to stay on, I need to play. And of, of course he is, he's just hit his head. He doesn't He doesn't really know, he, he just wants to play football. The Derby coaching staff, they've got Rooney in his there saying, this is our, one of our star strikers, we need him on the pitch. So it's unlikely in such a big game they're going to be taking him off. Again, adding to the controversy of the last day of the season, really, I think it looks really bad. We, we weren't there, so we don't know actually how bad it was. But looking at it, he probably should have came off the pitch for smashing his head in the post. But it didn't harm his head too much because he then scored a header to make it 1-1 early in the second half. Good goal from him. Yeah, good goal. Obviously, the one they really needed because Derby would have, at that point, obviously even if the Rotherham result would have turned, they were still going down because of Sheffield Wednesday. So they needed that goal. It was a massive confidence booster. And obviously all their fans were outside the stadium before the game with banners and sort of things saying, look, just give everything for this club on the last game of the season. Like we know there's issues within the club, deep rooted from the top, right through to the actual playing, you know, on the pitch, there, there's problems there, but we just, just give everything to stay up. And so they, that message obviously got through to the players because they got the equaliser and, they needed that equaliser and obviously it gave them a momentum for what, four minutes later, three minutes later to, to actually grab the, the goal that gave them the lead. What a strike from Patrick Roberts. What, what a great goal from outside the box. If you want to see it, um, get the replays up because it's, it was a sensational goal for him. And they needed that because Rotherham was still winning at this time. They needed to win because a draw wouldn't have been enough. They managed to get that goal. Patrick Roberts, long strike, um, unbelievable goal from himself. I think former Norwich player I think you touched on on loan from you guys. Didn't perform for you. Performed, well, we're going to come to his big chance at the end in a bit. But that strike was was very important for Derby and it put them in a really good position. But this is Derby we're talking about. They're not good when they go in front. We've seen in the last two weeks they've squandered um, results on the lead. And Sheffield Wednesday, well, we'll mention Wickham actually managed to score their third around the 56th minute in this time. Fair play to Wickham. We'll talk about them a bit more soon. But Sheffield Wednesday, they responded from the 2-1 and made it 3-2, scoring two quite quick goals. Yeah, obviously, Callum Patterson, the, the former Cardiff man, who's 
He seemed like we'd still be their top goal scorer this season, even though a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans aren't keen on his attitude from what I can gather from what Dan was saying last week on the podcast that he's a man that they probably felt would do better for them this season to grab the big goal. And I think that would also almost give you hero status if, if that's the goal that obviously gives you the momentum to then go grab the next goal. And swiftly after, there it was, a corner floated in and Borna. I mean, this was a controversial goal. Uh, another one of these ones where the officials and Derby fan, uh, sort of coaching staff weren't happy that it wasn't given uh, the goal actually stood, um, but it did stand and it obviously gave Sheffield Wednesday the reason to really stay up at this point because they knew that Rotherham just needed to concede and, and they would be the team staying up and Derby would probably be punching themselves for, for sort of many chances that they had as well in this game. But yeah, what do, you, what, else, what do you sort of think of that? Did you think Wednesday would stay up at that point, Chris? I I had no idea what to think. I, I, it was just, it's just the championship. You just got... No idea. I think at that point, I didn't think Wednesday, because obviously Rotherham was still winning, so that they, Rotherham would have been ahead of Sheffield Wednesday anyway at that point. But I thought Sheffield Wednesday, we've talked about them, they're actually fairly good when they go ahead. They just don't go ahead uh, too much. Obviously, they squandered their lead early on in that half. But yeah, I just thought, I thought they would win that game when it went 3-2, just thinking Derby, that they're just... They've just, just lost it just completely the last few weeks. Um, but then I thought Rotherham might be able to hold on. But then it was all changed. So we, so Sheffield Wednesday managed to get the 3-2. And all their goals were quite scrappy in terms of like yeah, headers and then tap-ins from like kind of set pieces and long balls in there. But that's what you've got to do on the last day of the season. But then it was massively important minutes. We talked about the 10-minute delay in the 78th minute derby. And then I think 88th minute in the Rotherham game, there was two moments in the space of 10 seconds. Derby win a penalty. They've won the, uh, they've won the penalty whilst the penalty is about to be taken. Cardiff score to make it um, to make it 1-1. What a, what a moment for Rotherham. How have they let this uh, lead go? They're one up. Had so many chances just to to finish the game. Cardiff were much better in the second half. They were very poor, obviously, coming from me, but they were poor in the first half. Um, heartbreak for Rotherham. you got to feel from a bit. like it's, been one of, it's just been one of them recently where they've had so many shots on goal. In this game, they had 10 shots off target, four shots on target, two Cardiff's two shots off target, three shots on target. And that just been a common theme for probably the last maybe month where they just... They are dominating games, but they're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. And had they have got that second goal, I think you could have probably relaxed a little bit. Instead, they were going to these last, what, five minutes of the season, knowing that they needed to hang on to this. And, you know, obviously they knew that Wednesday were leading, which was favourable because even a derby draw would have meant Rotherham stayed up. So they just needed to hang on. And obviously they didn't. They got punished for not taking their chances, which has kind of been a common theme for the last, what, well, effectively the last month. I mean, you look back to the Luton game, they've taken one of the chances in that game. That's two extra points on the board. And even the Blackburn game last last Saturday, whenever it was, again, another one of those games where you just think, put the ball in the back of the net and, and you'd be comfortable staying up this season. But they didn't. And I, it was a bit of a, a bit of a sort of, it was a great strike from the Cardiff man, but obviously it's not like a, a tap-in or anything. It's a, it's a fluky kind of long-range shot that's crept into the corner and you know it's a great strike but fair play to him but 
it's one of them that I don't think you can really blame anyone in the Rotherham team, really, because it's not like it's a, a ball in the box and they've not defended it. They probably should have closed the man down closer, but it's not a it's not a tap in where you think, right, that's really gutting. Yeah, exactly. You can't blame anyone for the goal. You can blame them for not taking their chances throughout this game, throughout all the other games. And really, it just sums them up to a T. Um, this they've, they've, they managed to play really well um, despite being low down just not taking their chances it's not like they're not creating chances they're creating more chances than Swansea and we're in the playoffs and they they just not finished them them sadly in Rotherham and that's why they've gone down spoiler alert Derby they get this penalty exactly the same moment as Rotherham concede first of all do you think it was a penalty yeah I do you think so? It's one of them that I think had the Wednesday man probably not dived in. I think because they had he had two defenders close to him and the goalkeeper was rushing out. I actually think he might have missed that opportunity. Obviously, it was quite a, a tight angle to really bend it or even put it underneath the keeper's legs. I, I actually would, in some ways, have said, Don't dive in at this point. And all right, if you concede, you concede. But like, if you're going to give him a penalty, like, you know, you're almost punishing yourself. So, yeah, I think more than anything, it was a penalty. But Wednesday, we more disappointed that the players decided to to even go for that when they yeah. did. Uh, I think also in some ways, it's like I, he might have intentionally done it, but also he's just running back. And in terms of like, it, uh, there was quite a controversy in terms of Raheem Sterling whether that was a penalty, and it, kind of in the same way that the defenders behind the player um, and the attacker, and they kind of like catch legs he's kind of going into it it is a penalty he brings the player down but then we saw VR doesn't overturn the Sterling one so bit bit interesting there but yeah I think it probably was but then he steps up again uh, Waghorn scores the second goal of his game Derby's third makes it 3-3 from the penalty spot and then he goes off he goes off he, he get, finally gets substituted probably should have got substituted from his head injury but he's then turns like a manager or a coach on the sideline, doesn't he? He's, he's yeah. going crazy, um, shouting to the players, telling them what to do, helping the coaching staff out. Also, I think um, maybe holding the, the view, <laughs> view the Derby substitutes were not warming up. They were just down there holding the balls rather than giving them back. And then some of the Sheffield Wednesday were down there trying to give the balls quickly. Uh, it, was, it was a mental few last minutes because then Sheffield Wednesday, obviously... They, they all know Rotherham are drawn. That game's over. Sheffield Wednesday, they win. They they go up. Um, they're staying up. Derby, no draw or their win will be fine. So Sheffield Wednesday were obviously trying to do their best, but they didn't really create any chances. No, it was, it was honestly speaking quite a... It was a good game, but honestly speaking, quite a poor game, really. Like, I don't feel like either side really showed, well, they both showed why they're near the bottom of the division and probably both deserve to get relegated. I feel like even Derby, they've stayed up, but they honestly speaking, they deserve to get relegated this season. They've been so, so poor. You know, actually Wednesday, you know, they had extra shot on target compared to Derby. They had five to Derby's four, but in terms of just sort of general play, they didn't really create anything, not clear cut anyway. I mean, they had a few sort of half chances, but Honestly speaking, Wednesday will be disappointed because it's their away form that's got them relegated this season. They only picked up 15 points away from home this season, which is so, so poor, really, when you put it into context. You know, that's actually the worst in the division. Wickham ended up with 17 and they were 23rd. So, you know, it's, it's the away form that's relegated Wednesday this season because at home at Hillsborough, they've actually been quite decent. Um, but, yeah, it's unfortunate because obviously the six-point deduction technically has 
relegated Sheffield Wednesday if you put it into perspective. But again, they're another side. I don't think any fan can argue they don't deserve to be in League One next year. Yeah, and obviously controversy whether Derby should have got some points deducted, but probably shouldn't go into that. That's, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. We we don't really know, uh, but I guess they have been on the borderline of getting points deducted. So maybe harsh on the teams like Wickham or Rotherham who have just missed out. But yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, I thought towards the end in terms of like this is this is it. Like you got to start punting the ball up or like trying trying to find some chances. They were doing that, but. I don't think they've had many clear-cut chances towards that last 10 minutes of the game. Silly foul as well from that player who just slides in last minute of the game, gives it Derby free kick. What was it? That Derby free kick made me laugh. Like, they just kicked it out. Why don't you just hold it up there for a few minutes? But, yeah, the championship, crazy, crazy stuff. But also touching on Patrick Roberts. He, he could have finished to make it um, a great day for Derby in terms of winning the game for free as well like five minutes to go through on goal and then decides to try to take it around the keeper, just shoot. But it was fine. No worries for him. He didn't have to regret that chance because Derby stayed up. The league table finished. Derby, 44 points. Bear in mind, Derby had only won one game in 15. Wickham, get in there, managed to finish just in the relegation zone, but at the top of the relegation zone. And for Gareth Ainsworth, he was speaking a few weeks ago and he thought it would be really, probably a miracle for us not to finish bottom. We've been saying no, we would be finishing bottom all season and he would be so delighted, even though they got relegated. They would have known they weren't meant to get 13 points. The fact that they won that game 3-0 away to Middlesbrough, what a result for them. 43 points, Wickham, Rotherham, 42 points, Sheffield Wednesday, 41 points. Adam, do you do you remember the predictions? Uh, we gave a few predictions last week on last week's pod. Um, but what did you say? I don't remember my predictions because I remember yours. You actually got quite close to be fair. I think I think you said Wickham were going to win, and I think you predicted a Derby draw, and even the Rotherham draw. I think you got as well, and a few correct scores as well. Which you know, fair play to you. You know, you should have. Well, again, we don't condone betting. You probably could have put some money down on one there, but obviously it's one of them. Yeah, on the day, no one really knows what's going to happen, and you you managed to pull out the magic wand and somehow work out exactly what the results are going to be before they even got played. There you go. After Saturday, I've been inundated with messages from all our listeners telling me to predict all, all the other results because they just seen it and managed to get said the table would finish as it would. I said draws all round. Obviously, I think I predicted a one-one draw in the Derby Sheffield Wednesday. I didn't think that was going to be three-three, but still a draw. Rotherham one-one spot on. Wickham, I think I went 2-0, 3-0. There we go. Win to nil. But um, yeah, what a, what, a, what a great end to the season indeed. Touching on Wickham, I want to go in them a bit more detail. What what crap character from them? They, they know they're going to be going down. They know they're not going to swing at 13 goals. Yeah, goal difference. But just uh, the passion and desire. That's, that's what I want to see in these Rotherham, the Derbys, the Sheffield Wednesdays. And we haven't seen that in them. Wickham, in their last eight games, 16 points out of the possible 24 points. That is two points. Uh, yeah, that's two points every game, averaging two points every game, which would have made them finish one point above uh, Watford in second place had they kept that up for the whole season. Obviously, they didn't. But it's just such a shame that they had to take such long time to get used to the championship early on in the season. And now they've just been flying. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel something because they've actually they've lost so many games like 1-0 this season or 2-1 where it's been so close and it's it's often just been like a late goal or a late equaliser that's it's, yeah, I remember I go back to like that Derby game at home, sort of right back, sort of February time, and I think they conceded in the sort of 90, 90 something minute. And again, that's ultimately the goal that's that's relegated them because Derby picked up all three points and Wickham ended up obviously dropping two points. And you just think even that Swansea game a few weeks back, hold on to that two 0 lead, and they would have survived this season, which is is absolutely crazy when you put it in perspective from where they were. Because I remember the first week of this podcast, and again, I, I love Wickham Wanderers. I think they're a really great club, but. I really had no, I had no hope for them. Like I looked at the table and I thought, well, they're, they're gone. Like they're gone a long time ago. And you know, that's the one thing I'd say that their team spirit has been arguably the best in in the whole league this season. You know, the togetherness to, to even finish where they finished on that point total is honestly one of the best achievements you'll ever see in Championship history, in my opinion. All right, they didn't survive, but they came close. And they'll, if you know, they come back you know, in next season or a few years' time, they'll be better for this experience. And hopefully, obviously, the fans will all be back by then and they can all experience the journey. And that might have been the actual reason why they didn't survive in some ways is that fan backing at some points where they probably needed them. Yeah, I, I think it's such a shame that fans weren't able to properly experience the championship um, in full. But yeah, I'm hoping they do come up because they've just been a great joy in terms of Gareth Ainsworth, I think 10 years He's been there at Wickham, um, so incredible uh, time for him. What a great guy as well. His interviews, um, just such a great guy to listen to. Sadly, they've gone down. Do you see them bouncing up? Because we're t- I think we are talking earlier, just before the podcast, in terms of League One, it's going to be a very entertaining league next year. You've got quite a lot of big teams, obviously. You've got the um, Rotherham, well, not fair, they're, they're fairly big. But Sheffield Wednesday is the big one going down. From the championship, you've got a few people like Bolton going up. Uh, obviously, you've got the Portsmouth, the Sunderlands, the Chartons of the world. It's going to be challenging to uh, come bounce back up, isn't it? Yeah, I was kind of looking at the League One table yesterday when it when it all finished, and I sort of looked at the teams already confirmed in League One next year. You've got Bolton, who you know traditionally a Premier League team. You've got the likes of Portsmouth and Ipswich and. Charlton and Doncaster and MK Dons and all these clubs that have very good history in the championship or or even Premier League level. And I, I do think it's going to be a real job. But ultimately speaking, Wickham have been playing in a higher league than all of them this season. They finished with 43 points in the championship. Why can't they go down to League Two and think, or not League One, sorry, and, and actually think to themselves, let's get automatic promotion again, or at least a playoff place. And prove all the doubt is wrong because I suppose the only problem is there might be a few of their better players that might get picked up by bottom half championship clubs who fancy you know these players from them but that will just give them a bit more money to invest in certain areas and it's going to be a competitive league uh, league one next year and as we've seen it this season you know no one probably gave the likes of Lincoln or Oxford a chance in the playoffs and they're there this season so there's no reason why Wickham can't go down to league one and, and compete and get themselves back up. Yeah, I, I might have to come back to edit that little bit out. Are you saying Ipswich is a big team, Adam? I'm not sure you want that in the podcast. Yeah, no, I'll admit, in terms of League One level, I think that's their level, though. They're a big club in League One. They're not. They're not. They're not going to be playing. I mean, I'm looking forward to sending uh, my my neighbour over there as an Ipswich fan. I'm going to send her a postcard from the yeah, Etihad and Old Trafford next season when uh, they're off to uh, the likes of Fleetwood. You know, I don't feel sorry for them. <laughs> there we go, Adam Harvey saying Ipswich is a big team. It will be a hard challenge for Wickham, but as you say, they've done it. They've got promoted through the playoffs last time out and they've done really well in the Championship towards the end of the season. 
So hopefully that just um, does well for them to boost them into confidence. We know two teams coming up from League One. We'll be discussing them in more detail in the next seasons of podcasts. But let's touch on them quickly. Hull, Peterborough, where do you think they'll finish? Uh, do you think they'll have good seasons? Are you pleased to see them in the championship? Obviously, Norwich are going up, so you won't be seeing them as much. But in terms of the championship crowd podcast, what's your thoughts on them going up? Yeah, Peterborough is a club I quite like. But in terms of Norfolk location, they are quite a close club to me. They're probably about the third or fourth nearest to me. Um, I've been there a few times to watch Norwich in pre-season games against them. And I, I do like London Road. It's a really nice little stadium and they've got a really good fan base down there. And they've got that Jordan Clark Harris, who I think he ended up being top goal scorer in League One. And I think he will be a real threat in the championship next season because he's of an age where he's he's almost similar mould to Ivan Tony. I think that's the problem for Peterborough is every single season they stay in League One. It almost seems like their their striker they bring through the door who scores them 30 goals gets poached and taken to a championship club. And we've seen it, Dwight Gale. There's been so many of them who have all come through the Peterborough ranks. And I think to get to that point now where they're going to be in the championship next season, I do think Peterborough will survive in the championship. And I think Hull are another side that I don't know. I hate to say it, but they're a bit tin pot. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to come in and say, uh, we talk, you talked about how nice you get lovely going to Peterborough. Do, do you say, it's, I think I remember you didn't really want, really want to go to that away game a few years back to Hull. Just, it's a long travel, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't have very good memories of Hull. I remember watching Norwich lose their 4-3 in the pouring rain. We had road diversions. It took about eight hours to get there and seven hours back. We, we were 3-1 up, lost 4-3. It was... Absolute nightmare, and Hull. I don't know. They, I always, I don't dislike Hull. I just think their their fans are a bit plastic. I mean, the stadium's half empty even during normal times. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm not going to slag off Hull too much on it. But but yeah, I'm not as happy to see Hull get promoted as I am Peterborough. Um, all, all the Hull list, all the Hull fans listening into the podcast, thinking, yeah, we need to get ready for a championship podcast the next season. Oh, I'm not, I don't really hate them. I'm just, yeah, I don't really like them. I'm slagging them off, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Adam, what are you doing, mate? To be fair, Hull can prove me wrong next season. I, hopefully, they can have a good year. And to be fair, I actually, again, I think they might survive next year. I think there'll be other teams in the Championship who are who think they're more safe than they are, who actually struggle more next year than the likes of Hull. Because we've seen it. Teams that go down from League One, down to League One from the Championship and then get automatic promotion, tend to do quite well in the second season. I remember Norwich done it uh, a few years back. We ended up doing back-to-back. Uh, there's, been a, there's been a few teams. I think Southampton have done it as well. So maybe it bodes well and Hull will be in the Premier League in a couple of years. But Just riding, riding the knowledge on Norwich, just getting that into the podcast. But So we've got Hull, Peterborough coming up. Fulham, might, we're, we're recording on Monday. So on Tuesday, they might be already confirmed relegated, playing Burnley tonight. Sheffield, went, uh, Sheffield United and West Brom coming down from the Premier League. Looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, I actually saw a tweet on Twitter yesterday sort of saying, do you think the Championship next season is going to be harder than it is this season? Because obviously, the three teams coming down, you know, you've got Fulham who are, they're not a massive club, but they're a club that have got money and good players. West Brom are, you know, another side that are very much a top championship, bottom half Premier League team. I actually think they're quite similar. I think, I think you know, Norwich, Bournemouth, Watford are probably in a similar sort of size of clubs to the ones coming down. What I'd probably say is I think in terms of the bottom half of the division, I think you'd probably say Wickham and Rotherham are smaller clubs than the likes of Hull and Peterborough coming up. So 
I do think it's going to be a competitive championship next season and another one where I think there'll be some teams in the playoffs next year you probably don't expect to be there kind of thing. Yes, good um, point into the playoffs. It is the playoffs and the playoffs have been confirmed. I'm really pleased, obviously, good luck to Barnsley. I think they're going to be still a challenge. But we've done a double over them this season. So I'm hoping, uh, I have been hoping for the Barnsley fixture. Amazingly, we are playing them because they managed to get a 2-2 draw against you guys. And Bournemouth, three defeats in a row, lost uh, 2-0, I think it was in the end, against Stoke on the weekend. They're playing Brentford. Um, yeah, well, it was quite amazing to see Bournemouth lose that again. Yeah, I think it's one of them where you just think to yourself, Bournemouth have, what, come off against Wickham and Stoke, and you think they've only got to win one of them games, and they probably get a more favourable semi-final fixture against a Swansea or, or a Barnsley, which, no disrespect, but I think people probably back Brentford or Bournemouth as more likely candidates to get promoted this season. So that's probably, you know, a little bit disappointing that they've lost both those games and ended up playing Brentford in, in the semi. But I suppose in some ways that might might bode better for them, the fact that they can play them over two legs, where a final situation, I think that would have been a real fixture between those two, because they're both clubs that I think people probably expect to be challenging probably for top two this season more than even just a, a playoff place. So it's making for interesting reading. And we've seen it before. The underdog in the in the championship final tends to do quite well. So in some ways, I think Barnsley and Swansea will be happy they're playing each other and they just get to play one of these two sort of so-called, not bigger clubs necessarily, but bigger teams in the sense that they expect to be in the Premier League in a one-game shootout. Uh, I would say at Wembley, but, you know, we're not, we're not 100% certain at the moment, are we? We're not. Champions League could come there. UEFA obviously having the Euros in Wembley. They might allow it to come over to England, but if they do allow it to come over to England, they'll say the game needs to be at Wembley. So then we might actually be seeing for the first time, I guess, since the new Wembley Stadium was built, the championship will be away um, from the Wembley Stadium. And I'm not sure how it works in terms of the League One or League Two, because the game is on the same day as the championship one, but they'll probably then want the League One not to play the next day just because they're UEFA and they like taking over stadiums. We shall see. We'll probably have more details on Friday. So we're going to release a championship playoff-focused uh, uh, podcast that previewing those games, giving our predictions, listen out to my predictions. Obviously, I'll be tipping Swansea. But yeah, we'll be coming on Friday, probably around uh, midday or so, hopefully having some views from all those four fans sharing um, their opinions ahead of their first leg ties, which actually kick off next Monday. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting times in the championship. We'll keep you updated. Definitely tune in on Friday as well to preview the playoffs but as usual it's been great having you listening in to this well kind of end of the season but we're going to obviously cover the playoffs Adam any more pointers or messages as we finish yeah no I think obviously thank you for everyone on on Twitter for keep following us we're, we're gradually growing quite quickly I think we're up to almost 210 which is which is all good and uh Obviously, it's been enjoyable Norwich in the Championship. Obviously, I will still be on here next season with a with a more impartial view. We might both be on here on an impartial view, but I think it will just be just be me. Uh, I'll be the impartial man on this podcast. And obviously, been a great season. Norwich lifting the trophy. We have been the best team in the league. Not even gonna not even gonna boast on. Just, we just have been. When dear, he'll be back where he belongs in the Premier League, and everything is lovely. But honestly, thank you for for this season. Obviously, we are going to be continuing, but like for this actual season, this uh, 
you know, started as a, a small venture alongside university and we're growing, growing each week and it's, it's been really, really good. And it's all down to the, the people who have helped us out with the videos and everything. So it's been great. But obviously follow us on, on Twitter and follow us on all our usual platforms. And yeah, we look forward to the playoffs. Exactly. Looking forward to the playoffs. So tune in on Friday, probably getting out again, 11am in the morning. We'll keep you updated on Twitter. But looking forward to hopefully hearing from four different sets of fans, giving our opinions. I'll probably let Adam give his opinion because, of course, it's too hard not to be biased when it comes to these situations. Um, I'm sure when uh, with even Norwich going up, Adam's still going to be able to get them in to the podcast with a few drops in there talking about how they got promoted from League One or whatever he, he manages to think of. But anyways, guys, it's been great um, having you listening as usual. See you on Friday.